0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Dave's 45 Auto. If you're interested in handguns, rifles, and MREs, check out Dave on YouTube at Dave's 45 Auto. If you'd like to hear your name at the start of the show and receive exclusive Westeros content, hit us up at patreon.com forward slash bend the knee.
1: Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight.
0: And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire uh, book club. Today we are discussing Chapter 3, uh, Daenerys. And uh, so we move from Westeros over to Essos, whole new continent. So lots of stuff to kind of cover and go over and uh, and talk about. Um, first thing though, we jump into our small council and we get some updates on the show watch and all that good stuff so what do you have for us Matt?
1: Um, quite a bit actually so there's just been a lot of small interviews with a lot of the cast and crew um, I believe they are finishing uh, filming right now it seems like they've either started or finished the last episode um, they may go back and you know fill some stuff out but it seems like they're certainly gearing towards the end um, an interview with uh, Ian or is it Lane? Glenn, it's like L-A-I-N, uh, Jorah Mormont. Um, and mm-hmm. he's and he said that the final episode is brilliant, but it will not please everyone. You know, with something as big as Game of Thrones, you just cannot please everyone. Uh, uh, I don't know about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. When I read it, I thought it was rather brilliant. I'm a big fan of the series as well, and it satisfied my expectations and hopes. I felt um, it felt like a good conclusion. Hmm. So uh, that was his line. Um, then we had some a interview with uh, Kit Harington, um, basically just confirming that Jon Snow would not be appearing in any of the prequels. Okay, which I don't think anyone was expecting. Right. Okay. And then the last bit was an interview with uh, Sean Bean, who said um, they were talking about what was Ned Stark saying um, yeah. during when he's like his head cut off. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people thought maybe he was warging uh, into a raven, or he was saying uh, Valar Morghulis, which mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. there's a big theory, he's a faceless Good. man, yeah. this whole thing, and he was just saying, like, you know, Ned would probably be saying a prayer. He'd just be murmuring to himself, like, a, a small prayer, so. Yeah, oh, but I'll, to who? To who? To who, exactly, yeah, the red god. <gasps> Whoa! But, so, just a lot of uh, little news. Ger did post, um, even though he said he wasn't going to, but it looked like it was one of his minions, and it was something about, you know of his books that have nothing to do with Wints of Winter. So. Oh, great. That's good. Yeah, yeah so that's good. we don't really
0: care about those. No, we don't. Um, well, that's good. So, I don't know. That's kind of interesting what... Um, I think it's Liam. Um, yeah, I, I think, think he it plays is as well. Uh, yeah. uh, Jorah Mormont. That is... You know... Uh, we've heard it's going to be bittersweet. We've heard... Um, we know there are a lot of characters that... Um, because there's going to be a really... Um, I don't know, epic ending. It's going to be something that's kind of, you know, we've got the Night King to deal with. We've got to put somebody on the Iron Throne at the end of this. So, yeah, that's exciting. Okay, um, next thing we're going to head over to the uh, Maester study. This is where we do our World of Ice and Fire um, history lesson for you guys. We just want to kind of comb through that. So we are on uh, Chapter
1: 3, which is... The Age of Heroes. And this chapter is so small that I thought I would just read it. And normally we would just do like a summary. Uh, but this chapter is so small And this is a cool uh, taste So you get to hear What the chapters actually sound like If you're interested in buying the book um, I highly recommend it The audiobook version is really good as well But I do recommend getting the full big book Because it's really cool mm-hmm. It's like 30 bucks It's like has a lot of cool pictures And stuff like that yep. So, <clears throat> And remember this is being told to us Through, uh, through the eyes of a maester mm-hmm. The Age of Heroes The Age of Heroes lasted for thousands of years, in which kingdoms rose and fell, noble houses were founded and withered away, and great deeds were accomplished. Yet what we truly know of those ancient days is hardly more than what we know of the Dawn Age. The tales we have now are the work of septums and maesters writing thousands of years after the fact. Yet unlike the children of the forest and the giants, the first men of the Age of Heroes left behind some ruins and ancient castles that can corroborate parts of the legend, and there are stone monuments in the barrow fields and elsewhere marked with their runes. It is through these remnants that we can begin to ferret out the truth behind the tales. What is commonly accepted is that the age of heroes began with the pact, and extended through thousands of years in which the first men and the children lived in peace with one another. With so much land ceded to them, the first men at least had room to increase. From the lands of always winter to the shores of the summer sea, the first men ruled from their ring forts. Petty kings and powerful lords proliferated, but in the time some some few proved to be stronger than the rest, forging the seeds of the kingdoms that are the ancestors of the seven kingdoms we know today. The names of the kings of these earliest realms are caught up in legend, and the tales that claim their individual rules lasted hundreds of years are to be understood as errors and fantasies introduced by others in later days. Names such as Brandon the Builder, Garth Greenhand, Land the Cleaver, and Duran God's Grief are names to conjure with, but it's likely that their legends hold less truth than fancy. Elsewhere, I shall endeavor to sift what what grain can be found from the chaff, but for now it is enough to acknowledge the tales. And besides the legendary kings and hundreds of kingdoms from which the Seven Kingdoms were born, stories uh, of such as Simeon, star eyes serwin of the mirror shield and other heroes have become fodder for septums and singers alike did such heroes once exist it may be so but when the singers number serwin of the mirror shield as one of the king's guard an institution that was only formed during the reign of Aegon the conqueror we can see that it is few of these tales can ever be trusted the septums who first wrote them down took what details suited them and added others as the singers changed them sometimes beyond all recognition for the sake of a warm place in some Lord's hall. In such a way does long deed first man become a knight who follows the seven and guards, the Targaryen Kings thousands of years after he lived the Legion of boys and youths make ignorant of the past history of Westeros by these foolish tales cannot be numbered. Mm. That's awesome. I mean, so
0: one of the things where you get like the maester's perspective there is the idea that, Oh, you know, these legends couldn't be because, you know, um, this guy, if he were really in the Kingsguard, you know what I mean? that didn't take place until, or wasn't created until Aegon's Conquest, then, you know, how can that be? But I would argue with this maester, actually, that, you know, it could be someone who was named after that legendary hero, you exactly. know? Um, a lot of, you know, oh, brand the Builder, for example, I mean, there's so many different you know, brands and different people who were right. named after him that it kind of, you know, um, I, I could see. theoretically, that
1: would... maybe. Well, that's yeah, a whole other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Brand the Builder could be the same person. <laughs> exactly. Uh, All of the, the brands could be. That's right. So, um, so yeah, that was
1: cool. So that was a good one to read just because it was super short. It's super and, short. Uh, so that's, that's what it sounds like. Um, er, pretty much every other week, we'll just be doing a recap of that. Yeah. Um, this one just happened to be so short. And actually it makes a, uh, so it started with the pact
0: of the, at the Isle of Faces and the Isle of Faces ironically is actually mentioned in this chapter, a ch- uh, chapter just mm-hmm. very briefly. I don't even, I was looking for it while you were reading that. Um, Cause I thought it was interesting. They mentioned different places in Westeros. Um, Viserys is talking about it and he mentions the Isle of Faces. Mm-hmm. And why would he mention that of all places? You know, it's it's more significant than we realize never really been touched uh, in the show very mm-hmm. much, but I think it's a, it's a big deal. So, um, I thought that was kind of cool. Okay. Um, we are diving quickly into the reread here. Uh, chapter three Daenerys, and we have a, uh, a recap and then we will jump into the summary.
1: Yeah. So recap of last week, chapter two, Catelyn. Catelyn enters the Godwood to comfort her husband, Lord Edard, as well as give him grave news. Lord John Aaron is dead. And the King Robert Baratheon rides north.
0: Yeah, and that was a neat, um, neat chapter. We get to see more of the din- you know more houses in Westeros, and we get to kind of see. We learn about two different faiths and religions. Yes, we know? do. So we kind of have the old gods, and um, as a recap, we have the uh, the seven. Yes, right, which
1: um, are later referred to as the new.
0: Yes, so. Um, Okay, real quick, I forgot to put this in chapter three. There we go. Um, So we'll we'll jump into the summary here for chapter three. All right, here we go. We move east to the continent of Essos, specifically Pentos. And we're going to talk about the, you know, the free cities. There are nine free cities. Uh, Pentos is one of those cities. Um, Here we find Daenerys and Viserys uh, Targaryen. They're believed to be the last of the ancient Targaryen bloodline. Their father was the Mad King, or King Aerys II Targaryen. Um, Daenerys and Viserys are staying with uh, Magister Illyrio of Pentos. In an effort to take back the Seven Kingdoms, Viserys agrees to allow Khal Drogo to marry his sister Daenerys. Um, Daenerys provides us with a little history lesson. you know, While Illyrio's uh, servants prepare her to meet Khal Drogo, um, Daenerys is uh, afraid to marry Cal Drogo. She's also she also does not want to wake the dragon, yes. though. So she's kind of weighing that um, in this chapter. But what's neat? A lot of it is kind of told. Um, we get a lot of history as to, you know, Robert's Rebellion. We mentioned it last chapter, and we'll mention it here again. is sort of the events that took place and how people sort of, you know, everything sort of shook. You know, ended up um, working out. I guess in in the rebellion. Okay. All right, so we've got this divided into a couple of thirds for you. We have the bath, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have Illyrio, and then we have Caldrogo. So we'll start with uh, with the bath here. And I kind of wanted to just describe a few things to get us started because we are in a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, our free cities, um, the ones that we hear most about, are Bravos and Pentos. Mm-hmm. Um, Valantis is mentioned a lot. You have Lys. Tyrosh, um Myr, um oh I don't know how to say all these um Norvos, um Corho, is that mm-hmm. you saying? Yeah. And then um Lorath or Lorath. Yeah. Okay. So the um those are your your nine free cities and what's interesting about that is they're um they sort of have like a loose sort of um I don't know, they we, we see this interesting dynamic with the Dothraki coming in, the Dothraki Dith- horde and sort of how they play game. It's almost like their own game of thrones without a throne, you know, mm-hmm. um, just the politics of it, I guess. But uh, they are free cities. Technically, you're not supposed to have slaves in these cities. It's sort of the big thing. Bravos is we'll kind of... We'll get to that much yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bravos is founded by by slaves. Um yes. So there's a whole history and tie back, you know, to uh, Valeria there, actually. So... All right, so that's a little bit on the uh, cities, the location where we are. And, I, you know, I always kind of forget when you look at the map, too, that uh, Pentos and Bravos are basically just uh, directly east. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of forget. I always had in my head that um, when I was reading the books, I guess didn't you know, need to pay more attention to detail, but um, Valeria is actually south. It's very much south, and it's near the um, Slaver's Bay and stuff. So just for perspective here, I guess, this is – you imagine where dragonstone is um in westeros and king's landing and, and such um directly across the way you'll have uh, pentos and and bravos and tyrosh so mm-hmm. right there on the on the coast
1: um okay do you have anything else on those or did you want anything you want to um well actually our vocab for this week our cool connections is actually i just have i have the um a song of ice and fire wiki description of pentos And so I could kind of read it. It's a little lengthy, but I I think it's kind of interesting and important uh, just to get this huge thing out of the way, because this mostly will also describe the difference between Westeros and um, Essos. And Mm -hmm. so, first of all, if you look at a map of Westeros and Essos, it's clearly you can clearly see what they're kind of designed after. Westeros is much more like Ireland and England, mm-hmm. whereas Essos is a little more like Spain and Italy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, I think, what Gur drew inspiration from. Actually, Westeros, people have drawn maps and it looks just like the right, United yeah. Kingdom. Yep. Um, and so it's just interesting. So Pentos is a large city, uh, more, popu- more popular than Astapor or Slaver's Bay. Cities we'll get to. Eventually, um, located closest to all of the free cities to King's Landing in Westeros. So we had mentioned in our um history last week about mm-hmm. the um the broken neck, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. There was a land bridge and it uh something happened, we don't really know, and it caused the land bridge to like break, and so um King's Landing and Pentos are, are the closest of the narrow sea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the city uh, lies on the bay of um, Pentos off the narrow sea uh, with the flatlands and velvet hills to the east. Um, Pentos has massive high walls, is often regarded to as the most vulnerable of the free cities, however. Um, the city has many square brick towers. Most of the roofing is done in tiles. Pentos has walled estates such as... Um, Mains belonging to Magister Illyrio and Khal Drogo. So Khal Drogo owns mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit of stuff in Pentos. The Sunrise Gate allows the traveler to exit the city to the east in the direction of the ruin The fastest way to Volantis from Pentos is by sea. Uh, the faith of Relore is practiced in Pentos. Mm-hmm. A large red temple is located in the city, and the red priests are known to sing and light their night fires. Um, Pentos is a city with equals power ruled over by a prince and a council of rich magisters like illyrio the prince has mostly ceremonial function however while the magisters rule the prince who is chosen from 40 families presides chiefly over um, balls and festivals i'm gonna kind of skip some of this other stuff slavery was highly uh, heavily practiced for most of the pentoshi history but bravos imposed a- uh, abolition after several wars um, Pentos is also known, has a lot of ships mm-hmm. um, because they cross the narrow sea. Obviously they're trading mm-hmm. with Westeros. Um, they have their own coin, and uh, yeah, slavery is forbidden. And mm, yeah, some of this other stuff isn't super important. Um, yeah, so pentos, um, you can see it, it reminds me, I think if you look at like architecture of, say, um, Spain, Mm-hmm. I think is kind of where Gurr is drawing inspiration from there.
0: Yeah, that's pretty neat. It does have a rich history, which um, actually, if you when we get to the chapters in A World of Ice and Fire, there's a lot of stuff about how far you know. Um, oh, the the Targaryen. Well, it wasn't Targaryen. Um, the Valyrian Empire, you know, sort of uh, stretched. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into all that later and stuff. But the, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, it's neat that they they interesting they practice. Um, the uh, they worship Rolor, and mm-hmm. I was trying to find some more you know articles and stuff on the different faiths. They're basically a, a crap ton of religions mm-hmm. you know that are um, mentioned and worshiped you know in Essos. So, um, it just happens to be that at, at Pentos we have Rolor. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, I'm gonna move on just a description of some of our characters. So, Daenerys, um, her physical description. She is thirteen years old
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah she she's is she's thirteen which is very interesting very interesting uh she's thirteen and um she has these uh, they, they talk a lot about her bright um uh, like violet um, eye color uh, which I thought you know is, is just in case you didn't know i mean your your Targaryens have that silver um hair with the with the purple violet eyes and um you know so she's also mentioned to be very skinny. <laughs> not, mm-hmm. not full of breast. Yeah. So I mean, all this stuff is mentioned in this chapter, and it just—it just—I pointed out because Gurr's writing, it's just interesting. I, I love this guy. <laughs> just mm-hmm. the detail that he goes into in describing his characters. Um, his, um, her brother Viserys is also same sort of hair color, eye color, um, real lean face. You know, um, kind of a lean, scrappy looking type of guy. I would say, um. So he is known as the Beggar King, though, uh, which we'll get into in just a little bit. But I wanted to talk about uh, Danny's like intellect, her intellect, I guess, just how smart mm-hmm. she is. Um, she, you know, right away is like seeing. W- we get clear, like, like I guess when, when you talk about characterization of a character, you know, whether it's direct or indirect, there's a lot of indirect characterization here, kind of showing us that, you know, um, Danny's super smart and she's very perceptive, you know, for a 13 year old, and she she and Viserys are very different. He was eight or nine, I think, when he, when they right. left, you know, King's right. Landing. And so I think that influenced um, who they are a lot. She didn't get treated as a princess, right. really. I mean, she she kind of did, um, you know, with, uh, oh, was it Sir William Derry? You right, know? yeah. I mean, a little bit, he calls her that here and there, and it was always kind of like, oh, it just it just feels weird, right? I mean, She doesn't feel real entitled to anything. She just wants to live. I mean, throughout this chapter, she talks about seeing the, you know, children and different people who were the poor, lower class running around uh, Pentos and almost wishes she could be out there with them, Mm -hmm. you know. So she doesn't want all of this, you know, uh, regal status and stuff. So Uh, and she sees right through Illyrio and her brother's. Um, fallacies and issues and things like that so um, very very intellectually or, or in, very intelligent so we'll, I'll keep pointing that out as we go through the chapter because um, there's a really cool part where I didn't even notice it the first couple times I read it but uh, they talk about the call like even Caldrogo's Drogo's slaves have uh, collars of gold and did you notice that like when she meets the first one she points out that it was just a uh, a bronze collar you know she's like Clearly. Cl- clearly they don't have collars of gold. Yeah. You know, she's she it's, it's that attention to detail that she sees in like characters. So she's told, you know, how rich and wealthy and all these awesome things about his e- even his slaves. Right. And then she's like she sees him. And that's the first thing she notices. She notices, you know.
1: Yeah. She uh, there's a there, there's a line specifically where she she talks about like she asks like, well, why would Illyrio like help us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why is he right. helping us? And Viserys is so full of himself, and he's just like, well, because I'm the dragon, and it's my exactly. king. But then she she knows what the people say, and they call him, like, the false king. or That's the, right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the beggar, king the, the beggar and, prince or mm-hmm. king or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, and, um, yeah, there's, let's see if we can find some more of those quotes, because she mentions it a couple times. Um, well, I'll can find it here. Well, I'll, I'll come back to it. But, yeah, she's just very leery of, you know... Promises like that and, and well she when they're in the uh, they're in the carriage at one point and they're on their way kind of fast forwarding uh, into the chapter but when they're oh they're on their way to meet Caldrogo, Drogo and he's talking about all the different people who you know are going to support him. Viserys is like all these people are going to support me and Illyrio is just letting him talk out his ass yeah. you know and is sort of like letting it go and says you know it's you know so my agents tell me you know that my agents and Danny says like right. well I don't have agents but yeah. And I, I hear people talking, and I, I don't know that that's exactly true. You're kind of filling his head with these fantasies, I guess. So, but, um, anyways, so I know we had saved, um, I'll save the description for Illyrio in a second. Um, did you have more stuff on, like, the bath? You know, just different things you want to talk uh, about? This? I mean,
1: well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff specifically that happens with the bath. And actually, my big, um, my big point kind of comes in this, um, kind of a chapter uh here we go it is where so we we're kind of learning about the dragon mm-hmm. so we'd, yes. we'd, we've we heard a lot about like the wolf right and now we're hearing for the first time kind of about the dragon there's a right. lot there's a there's a handful of um lines here right here our land he called it Um, the words were like a prayer with him. If he said them enough, the gods were sure to hear ours by blood, right taken from us by treachery, but still ours forever. You do not steal from the dragon. Oh no, the dragon remembers. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, Visery or that's Danny talking about Mm -hmm. um, what Viserys had said. And uh, where is it? I have it here. Okay. So this is when Danny gets into the bath, mm-hmm. and yep. this is very, very important. Is that it's super hot? Um, the water was scalding hot, but Daenerys did not flinch or cry out. She liked the heat; it made her feel clean. Besides, her brother had often told her um, it was never too hot for a Targaryen. "Ours is the house of the dragon," he would say. "The fire is in our blood." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is the first. Yeah, so this is the first time that we're seeing. The opposite. So not only are we seeing the opposite of Westeros, where we we were introduced with the North, where it's like knights and kings and noblemen, and you're in the winter. The prologue is above the wall. Mm -hmm. So we start above the wall in the land of always winter, and then we get the Starks, and they're talking about winter is coming, and it's cold. And now we're Mm -hmm. somewhere totally else, or another continent, as well as like another you know country. And it's like nice outside, and it's warm. And Daenerys is getting in this hot bath, and they're talking about fire as opposed to, you know, ice. And actually, in the I, I highlighted this line. It's a, the very, very thing uh, is when Danny is talking about um, the gown. I believe mm-hmm. Danny touched it. The cloth was so smooth that it seemed to run through her fingers like. Water. Now, I did find the line "water" interesting because that's the first time we've heard the word "water" in the show or in the in the book. Because mm-hmm. we have heard the word "ice" a lot, mm-hmm. and now we're uh, just hearing the word "water." Is it yep. that big of a deal? Right. I don't know. It's also girl. It could be huge. Could be huge. Yeah, could be huge. Because what happens when fire meets ice? Right. Water. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. transition.
0: <laughs> Transitioning right there in the opening uh, paragraph, and if you keep going, you know, she said it. It frightened her. Uh, and she pulled her hand away. Is it really mine? Right. You know, it's so note one, two things here. You're, you're foresh- She's it's foreshadowing the fact that, you know, this gown is going to bring with a lot of woe. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of trouble, um, and it's frightening. And it's foreshadowing all of that. Uh, and then also the idea that is it really mine? You know, like Illyrio is giving them a lot of gifts. They mention things that are borrowed. All these things are borrowed, and they're mm-hmm. not hers. Is it really mine? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, up to this point, they've been. Traveling from city to city, I believe they get they go uh, to six out of the nine uh, free cities during their youth. And for a while, you know, the princes or whoever, you know, the leaders of these cities would say, yeah, come on in, they'd open their doors and it would be fine. And then the longer Robert Baratheon sat on the throne, you know, they shut their doors. And they didn't right. really, weren't as, weren't as open to um, letting them come in
1: so or taking yeah. them in. Yeah, I do think uh, we should probably mention... That Daenerys, uh, so Daenerys Targaryen, also Daenerys Stormborn, Mm -hmm. uh, is a big thing. She had been born on Dragonstone nine moons after their flight, with a raging summer storm threatened to rip the island um, fast or the island fastness apart. They said that the storm was terrible. The Targaryen fleet was smashed while it lay at anchor. The huge stone blocks were ripped um, from the parapets and mm-hmm. sent hurling into the wild waters of the narrow sea her mother had died birthing her and for her and for her brother Viserys, had never forgiven her so that's like a huge deal later so the after like the sack of king's landing mm-hmm. they had fled so it would be um the mad king's wife mm-hmm. it would be Viserys, and it would then be daenerys who was born right who was born on Dragonstone. So they were held They held them off, the mm-hmm. Targaryen, the last of the Targaryens held them off, and then Daenerys is born, and then they got the heck out of there.
0: Right. Yeah, and actually, so they have a fleet, mm-hmm. and it is the storm that sort of destroys this fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wonder, had, had her mother have lived, how could they have maybe have rallied around a queen, mm-hmm. you know, a, a Targaryen queen. Um, but she dies, and you have an eight-year-old and a newborn. You know, so in steps this guy, uh, Sir William Derry, um, and he came to sort of rescue them. And he actually says that he came along with uh, four loyal men. And I've, I've often wondered who those four loyal men were that w- that came with yeah. Sir William Derry that, you know, got into um, Dragonstone and they, they traveled to Bravos. Um, and that's where we get this, you know, they lived in a big house with a red door. Uh, Danny had her own room with a lemon tree outside of her window. Yeah, And that's been, the you know, lots of speculation and lots of talk about
1: where that actually was. Yeah, a lot of people think it's in Dorne. Right. Mm-hmm. And so actually she was held, she was living in the Seven Kingdoms. And it could be true because we know the Dorne, the, the Dornish, uh, Elia Martell was married to Rhaegar. So um, the Dorn, the uh, Dornish men have always been kind of Loyal to the Targaryens for it seems like a long time. Actually, there's a line right after that, um, just because we're, we're going to get to Viserys and how kind of a, a jerk he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, um, they had wandered since then from Bravos to Mir, from Mir to Tyrosh, uh, and on to Quor. And Volantis and Lise never staying long in one place. Her brother would not allow it. The usurpers hired knives were close behind him. Instead, he insisted though Danny had never seen one. So I will give Viserys some credit here Me is too. that Viserys actually for as big of a jerk as he is, and maybe he's just doing it because he just views Danny as uh, like value to him. It's like this is a chess oh, yeah. piece. Um, but it is, he is her older brother and he does at least like take care of her. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you, you got to give him at least credit for that, right? And if you think about Danny's life, you know, all of the times he has had with Danny these
0: thirteen years have been terrible. Yeah. These past thirteen years have been have not been good. Yeah. So he for him as back, well for him. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I mean for yeah. him and his, from his perspective, his life was much better before the you know before his sister was born, mm-hmm. and so he reminisces on those times, and I think that's why this bitter nature has always been associated with her. You know, even though he knows it's not her, it's just that yeah. that's the time in which, you know, he didn't have a time to grow to love and admire, you know, playing with his sister when they were in yeah, King's Land. Because they probably would have gotten married. They probably everything. would have gotten really close, and, yeah. and, and it would have been different, and she would have looked up to him and all this different stuff because he was the, you know, her older brother or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I, I give him credit there, too, because... You know, I actually put a in my book, I wrote the word true with a question mark. Is this true? Yeah. And I bet it is. Yeah. I bet it is true. I bet. I mean, that she says, even though she never saw one. Well, let's give him a little credit here because I think they were. And we see later oh, on. Yeah, absolutely. I, they, I guarantee they were. That they, Yeah, that they were. Now, whether they wanted to kill them or not, I'm not so sure about that. I think it might just be to capture, hold prisoner, all that um, good stuff. You know, I think the slaughtering of Elia, Elia Martell's children I don't think Ned and Robert would have allowed that. No. You know, that was a tragedy. Certainly not the way it happened. Yeah. Right, yeah. But, exactly. So, but you know, maybe Elia Martell herself, but not her children. You know what I mean? And so, like, I think at this point, you know, if they would have got a hold of um, Viserys and and his younger sister, they would have just kept them. You know what what I mean? I don't think they would have killed them. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just don't see see them doing that. Now, when she... Turns out that she's going to make an alliance and marry, and she's a threat. She she has a child. Okay, that's when we see Robert Baratheon sort of say, "Enough of this crap." You know, yeah. let's go get her. So, I, so part of me thinks it was true. I don't know that they wanted to kill him, but they wanted to capture him for some sort of gain. And it could have mm. been people in 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 the Free Cities too. It didn't have to be, you know, the the Usurper's dogs. You know, was yeah. could have been anybody actually. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, I wanted to read really quick though, just to. You know, for Viserys here, just to kind of think about how he describes and how they describe Westeros. Um, Somewhere beyond the sunset, across the Narrow Sea, lay a land of green hills and flowered plains and great rushing rivers, where towers of dark stone rose amidst magnificent blue-gray mountains, and armored knights rode to battle beneath the banners of their lords. And they call it, you know, um, it's called the Sunset Kingdoms, you know, and them being in the West and stuff. And that was what you had said earlier. Um, according to her brother, that's our land. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was it's it just shows you how much he he's a daydreamer. He just wants he has this horrible thing happen to him. His father is killed, you know, mother is killed, brother is killed. They're all killed. And he has to leave his homeland and just I mean, imagine how bitter that would make, you know, a kid. So sometimes I feel sorry for Viserys and I think Danny gets that later on you know Mm -hmm. but I but I think it goes to when you read about these two characters completely different upbringings you know she was he's almost too trusting and he feels entitled to yeah it makes sense that Illyrio would want to give me all this stuff because he knows I'm the true dragon whereas Danny's like all I've seen is what people say or hear is what people say in the streets and and I've only ever seen just us traveling from city to city you know I'd we've had to sell our mother's jewels, you know, we've mm-hmm. had to sell all of our, our stuff. So, so yeah. Um, okay. Um, anything else from the sort of the first third there, like the bath scene that you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, no, I think that's kind of it. Um, the only other thing we really see here um, is before we kind of get to uh, Mr. earlier, we already talked about Relore a little bit. The There's a couple mentions that mm-hmm. there's just different gods here. Um, right, A couple of things about the Lord of the Right, um, or a priestess says, May the Lord of Light shower you with blessings on this most fortunate day, Princess Daenerys. And then another one, um, a line I have here, The Lord of Light would hold our city walls against a million Dothraki, or so the Red Priests promise, yet why they take chances when their friendship comes so cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's
0: Illyrio kind of telling them, you know, saying those things, and it's just... It's, it's I wonder if he actually practices that so we'll get into we'll just jump into master Le- uh, master um, Magister Magister, o- yeah. Illyrio. sorry yeah um and kind of talk about you know I wondered if that's just convenient because mm-hmm. that's the religion that's there or does he really practice probably not you know he's he's um you know my, the description I have of him um it says uh, this is a physical beneath loose garments of flame colored silk. Rolls of flat, rolls of fat uh, jiggled as he walked. Gemstones glittered on every finger. Uh, he was, uh, and his man, had oiled his forked yellow beard until it shone like real gold. Now, something that Gerd does, uh, if, those of you have, who have read, if you've only seen the show, um, you'll get this right now, and you'll see this throughout uh, all of his writing. He, um, he'll he mention something like a forked yellow beard, mm-hmm. right, and he'll, he'll attach it to a character, Illyrio, and then you'll see it, you won't see Illyrio's name later, but you'll hear a description of a man, a large fat man, with a forked yellow beard. And it's up to you to say, Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where it gets kind of tricky and that's where it's sort of like, Oh, that's who that is. He might not actually tell you he's he's expecting you to remember something from, you know, chapters ago or books right. ago. You right. know. So I think that's sort of the cool part, but it's the tedious part of reading a book written by George Martin. Um absolutely. it says that also that he um so oh uh, underneath his his yellow uh forked beard uh, when he bowed his head there was a thin glimpse of like crooked yellow teeth or whatever so um he's just sort of a glutton you absolutely know? Just, yeah. you know uh, pleasures of the world type of guy so but he's also up to something you know I think that's this is where we start to get these uh, he's a schemer he's dealing in spices um he has those there Are they slaves, servants? Right. What are they? You know what I mean? Clearly, one of them doesn't speak. The old woman doesn't speak. And then he actually likes this um, fair-haired, blue-eyed, you know, 16-year-old servant was one of his favorites. But they're really more like slaves.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Well, indentured servitude, you know, that's... Even if you're paying them, right, it'd still be slavery.
0: Right. right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, So that's just a quick little description on Illyrio. Um, You already said this. He serves the Lord of Light. Um, let's see anything else here. I noted. Oh, we'll talk about the houses here in a second. I, I have some. Inf- I want to talk once we get past Illyrio a little bit, uh, sort of in between Caldrogo and Illyrio here. Just there's this mention of the houses that are loyal to the Targaryens. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So, you want to do that now? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. The only other bit here, while we're on our way through to. Um, like the wedding—it's not really a wedding ceremony; it's just a meet and greet. I think yeah, yeah. just to kind of see if Caldrogo you know, approves or whatever. You know, Illyrio sort of says that she's she's regal, and as soon as he says that, um, Danny's almost like—I mean, she's kind of taken back by it—and then Viserys is like jealous. Well, she's too skinny. Yeah. Like he just can't give his sister a compliment. He can't let it. Her have the. Yeah, yeah exactly. He can't let someone else have the. You know the spotlight. You know, yeah. So, um. So, anyways, along the way, um, to this meet and greet, Viserys notes that Houses Tyrell, Redwine, Derry, Greyjoy, and the Dornishmen of House Martell have no love for um Robert Baratheon. Yeah, the usurper. So, I thought I would talk a little bit about uh, House Derry. Um, so we had the mention of um William Derry. I think that's his name, mm-hmm. yeah, Sir, Sir William Derry. and just the the you know that he was loyal to. Um, House Targaryen, so much so that uh, there's a subtle reference, I caught this on the wiki and then I went and actually looked it up, um, when they are traveling, when, when Robert is traveling north or south, I know when he's traveling south, that's when they kill Sansa's dog, or right. uh, direwolf. dire we'll get to that, um, but while they're, I think it's on the way up, they remove their Targaryen banners, uh, and they actually... Tyrion kind of notices that he finds them down in the base, because he's always walking around places right, yeah. he shouldn't be, you know. Um, and he notices these Targaryen banners, you know, showing that they're still loyal and they were still hanging uh, maybe even a month, you know, right. before they get there. So I think A when, fortnight. Yeah, a fortnight, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, Viserys is probably right in that, you know, House Derry would be a supporter um, of the Targaryens coming yeah. back. So, um, you know, so also there's, uh some stuff with house dairy that happens, you know, it kind of goes back and forth, exchanges hands a little bit, ends up in, in the hands of a Lannister, which we'll talk about later. But, um, you know, uh, that's, that's the two bit there. Um, house red wine, which I thought I didn't know too much. I've heard it referenced a lot. I know there's the red wine fleet. Um, and I knew that it was like the largest fleet that we had, uh, in Westeros, they are loyal to House Targaryen um, during the War of the Usurper. Um, Paxter Redwine, um, actually, they're their liege lord or their um, their bannermen of of uh, House Tyrell, and so they stay loyal to King Ares um, because you know Mace Tyrell did as well. So and they actually use their their fl- their fleet um, and they and they help um, the Targaryens during Robert's Rebellion. So. So That was pretty clear that they would make sense why he would mention them. Tyrell, we just mentioned that. Greyjoy I thought was interesting that he mentioned House Greyjoy, probably just because they've had their own rebellion. Yeah, the Greyjoys
1: are loyal to themselves. Right. The Iron Islands is kind of like its own thing. Right. Um, it's kind of like Ireland in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's kind of like its own thing off the United Kingdom. Um, and they've, you know, had their own uh, just stuff going on. And they had battles with England, so uh-huh. in a way, I think that's maybe where Gurr was kind of drawing inspiration um, from them. But yeah, I would say that the Greyjoy—they're they're their own thing. The Greyjoys just want to be able to rule themselves, which is why they rebel a right. lot. Yeah. I think it's a house that he probably thinks it's—it's it's funny to me how much Viserys has thought about
0: this. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's thinking about this and he's, and he's playing the Game of Thrones in his in, in his mind, he gets those three houses—you know, the um, Tyrell, Redwine, and dairy, uh, and also House Martell to rally behind him Greyjoys just cause a bunch of maybe yeah. they're enough to disrupt the yeah, north maybe, from coming down exactly
1: all you'd have to do to the gray joys is say you help us and you're 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 good you're on your own right yeah we're we to grant you freedom yeah and, who cares? and the gray joys, yeah. and the thing about the gray joys is that it's what they want is that nobody can match them in the sea yeah well it's just once they have to come on land they're screwed right yeah because they're not that big of a area
0: right yep yep so i thought that was interesting i just thought i wanted to point out a couple of those houses so we kind of th- they'll come up again later um the red wine fleet is, is 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 a big deal and you know um horace and hober you know are pieces in this chess game that happened in uh in king's landing so mm-hmm. all right so there's that oh, let's see what else we got here on our good friend the dragon supporters of serious daydreaming mm, i think it's pretty much all i have um they just kind of go on to describe as they go into this, um, on, on their way there, I think it's they pass this like uh, oil painting mm-hmm. um, that kind of shows, you know, uh, Valeria slash maybe the Doom of Valeria um, and and its influence in this region and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. Um, so I would imagine that Cal Drogo, if he's any, I don't know, I mean, they call them savages, right, or whatever, but I'm guessing they're somewhat educated or they know that she's important, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. they have to know that she's important. Why is he going to just, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never really thought about it from his point of view. What what, what does he gain out of this? Khal Drogo? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think he just views it as, okay. Well, right. I think Khal Drogo she's is different. She is you know? different. I think Khal Drogo just views it as, he, Khal Drogo is somebody who's like, I can conquer whatever I want, and here's a chance to get somebody from Westeros. Like, I'm going to go take this Westeros queen
0: yeah and and he might even princess he might even be um, open like when they pitch this idea of like yeah we could go back over and he has a reason then if this is his queen or his his well they're all about like
1: the quest too it's like the idea of like I'm gonna take Westeros nobody's ever taken it Mm -hmm. Westeros you know Dothraki have never sailed maybe he's like I'm gonna be the first to do it because he's never as they mentioned he's never had his hair cut off Mm -hmm. right Right. you, you have to cut your hair off if you lose and he's never had to do it right yeah so I think that's probably his ambition but as um, as Daenerys is walking up to see um, Khal Drogo, she does come across a knight, and she's interested in who he is, mm-hmm. and that is Sir Jorah Mormont. Yeah, yeah,
0: and she says, and I, even Viserys is like, you know, before the night's over, I want to speak to him. I want to yeah. speak to him, you know. And it's just to see someone, and I love, you know, Lyria kind of plays off like, oh, you know, come on, he was selling poachers, you know, to into slavery. You know what I mean? And uh, that shouldn't be that big of a deal, but he was exiled or whatever. And so, you know, and it's interesting because if they knew anything, I guess about like, he's not a member of one of those houses we just listed. Right. He's He's, a member of the North. Right. Yeah. So his, his, you know, although be at a tiny house. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting that they want to latch onto him so fast. And I think it's just this desperation from Viserys. And plus she's
1: intrigued. Because, you know Baserys um, is flat out like, hey, here is like a nobleman, even if he's, you know, here for whatever reasons, of Westeros. I can get my first like Westerosi, you know, knight on my side. Right. Yep,
0: exactly. Um Um One thing that's interesting here, um, Danny notices that she's the only so we're now at the point where she's meeting um Cal Drogo and um she's standing here and she's nervous she, she's obviously she's, she's 13 you know, yeah she's 13 um and she notices that she's the only woman in the room yeah <laughs> there's all these different people that kind of show up and i thought it was interesting if you can find matt the, all the different people who like showed up to this wedding or not this wedding to this meeting um they're from different places and and what i'm gonna read a little something well, about is this when she's turtles. getting
1: nervous and she's asking Viserys to let her leave.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And they, they talk about all the different people who show up. It's probably right before
1: Ser Jorah Mo- Mormont. Um, they talk about all the different yeah, people. Yeah, there's three there. Dr- uh, blood riders there of Drogo. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like Kal Moro, his son, Rigoro, um, the Archon of Tyrosh, and then Sir Jorah Mormont, and then Illyrio is there, and obviously Khal Drogo. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it is. She's just, just walking into this. She's walking into this thing, into this room of like all these like very different looking guys and, Mm -hmm. you know, the Far East.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, a description of Cal Drogo, he was a head taller than the tallest man. Um, He was light on his feet. They even mentioned that he was sort of like uh, as graceful as a panther and she Mm -hmm. had seen panthers, you know, uh, back at Illyrio's. Um, He was no more than 30 years old. So he's a younger guy. Yeah. Yeah, So he's in his late twenties, you know, maybe almost 30. And so that's good. That makes me feel good <laughs> because you know, like, gosh, like, like Alirio is like interested in this 16 year old who's right. his servant. You know what
1: I mean? Well, yeah. Cal um, Drago's a boss. He's a boss. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a boss. Yeah, he is. So, uh, and his, Jason Moma playing him is, like, literally the know. perfect. Legendary choice. I know. <laughs> I know.
0: It's great. He still, when he sees her uh, on Instagram and stuff, will call her his Khaleesi. I know. That's great. <laughs> so great. I love.
1: I, is it Moma or is it, like, Mo- Moma? Mo- Mo- Jason Moma? Mo- I don't know. I don't know. I always was just is call is him Mom. Jason Moma. I hope that's yeah. correct. But Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's sweet. He's Aquaman. He's per- that was another perfect choice for oh, yeah. Conan the Barbarian. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Um his skin was the color of polished copper. Uh he has this thick um, mustache that's bound with uh gold bronze rings. Uh he has a long braid that indicated how successful he has been in combat. And that's something that Viserys says, you know, um you know to Danny is that look at his braid. You know, mm-hmm. it goes well be um, past his waist and just shows, you know, what an epic duty is, and this is the guy that I want. He even says um, he is Aegon the Dragon Lord. Come again, mm-hmm. and you will be his queen. That was pretty. I was like, okay, maybe he's trying to reassure his sister, but at the same right, he's just like, this is if there is one in Essos, this is the boss. Yeah, this is the guy who you don't mess with. He said there he had over a He has an thousand, enormous army.
1: A hundred thousand. Yeah, an enormous you know? army. And we find out uh, in the next or after the uh, not to skip too far ahead, but once they get married and uh Jorah Mormont is talking to on the, when, they're, when they're marching. Jorah Mormont's talking to I think just one of the um Dothraki and he's he's talking about like the difference between plate mail and stuff like that. And Jorah Mormont's even talking about like yeah the like oh, they're yeah. just too fast. Like they're too fast. Like Westeros has no chance against these guys in open mm-hmm. in an open field. Yeah, especially well mounted. Yeah, yeah. On their horse they don't want to go out and meet them in open
0: combat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. They they would need to use different strategies for sure. So they're like a horde. I mean, Viserys says he only needs ten thousand. He's like, Give me ten thousand, one tenth of his army, and we're good. Yeah. You know, so um to take the whole horde over would be ridiculous.
1: Yeah. But I mean, gosh. You know, that I don't would do know it. if they could take the north. I don't know. I think I they know. would take the south pretty easily just if you look at like the lands. I think that I think they would have a very difficult time with given their mm-hmm. like what armor they have mm-hmm. going up north where it's cold. They would have to fight a different it's a, style. It's, it's a yeah. the you know like you think about like the grass where it's like a different muddy, mm-hmm. you know, Drain. like terrain. It's just it's hilly. But cold alone. You have to drive through trees, so it's yeah. A, yeah, it's it's a totally different terrain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they really I
0: don't know, it doesn't talk a whole lot about their you know, do they have battering rams, catapults?
1: You know, I don't think that's any of that, kind of stuff. Any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, they're, they're more of just this, you know, I, they would have a very, yeah, they had a very difficult time, like, say, sieging a castle.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I agree with you. Um, but, anyways, he's a boss, he's pretty cool. Um, so Viserys having this little side conversation where she starts to cry. Yep, and she, I don't want to marry him, I just want to go back home. And they have this big discussion about
1: home. And Miserys is like home. Uh, Yeah. Um, She's starting to wake the dragon here is what she's doing. Yeah. We... Uh, let me let me just uh home he kept his voice low but she could hear the fury in his tone how are we to go home sweet sister they took our home from us he drew her into the shadows out of sight his fingers digging into her skin how are we to go home he repeated meaning king's landing and dragonstone and all of the realm they had lost and danny is saying well why can't we just go back to illyrio's estate um Uh, She says, I don't know. He says, I do. We go home with an army, sweet sister, with Cal Drogo's army. That is how we go home. And if you must wed him and bed him for that, you will. He smiled at her. I'd let his whole khalasar fuck you if need need be, sweet sister. All 40,000 men and their horses too, if that's what it took to get my army. Be grateful it is only Drogo. In time, you may even learn to like him. Now dry your eyes. Illyrio is bringing him over, and he will not see you crying right yep and that's, so she, that's where we see viserys turn into a jerk
0: a jerk yeah absolutely and i don't know if it was you know no he's just a jerk i was gonna say to harden her i don't yeah, know but no. you know it's it's like um he he's his whole his whole thing is flat out his whole thing is flat out there's no getting out of this is what he's is what he was trying to communicate there it's just like you're not no yeah stop it you know you know straighten up and i think one of the last points i wanted to make um for this chapter is what he tells her at the end is to um, straighten up, stop slouching. And, and she, he says that at the beginning of the chapter too. Yeah. You slouch too much, sister. And again, just shows the different upbringings that they've had. You know, he understands what it means to, you know, put his shoulders back, put his chest out and look regal. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't. You know what I mean? But when she does, she does she she looks the part, you know. Right. So So yeah, so that that's that's basically the chapter. Um she smiles
1: and she stood up straight. So yep. so there you have it. Um any other cool uh, no connections. That's all. That's all. That's all I had was just the pentos. The pen, yeah. yeah, the pentos thing. So okay, yeah, and we'll we'll pull out some more stuff from Essos. It's always a little bit. Um,
0: they reference it in Westeros and people going there. It has a deep, rich history. Mm-hmm. It can be very confusing, and it's, it is confusing for me. I'll be honest with you guys. Sometimes, so when I when I look at it and I I learn something new, um, we're gonna bring it to you. Mm-hmm. So as we learn through the book club, we're going to kind of pull that piece out and and uh,
1: yeah yeah you don't get it you him. really um, the books ha- the book is a lot heavier in stuff that's happening in Essos because later you get different characters and things like that in the show so if you're maybe just starting this reread with us you're like hey the show's off I want to start reading the books you'll find out very quickly that the show does not include a lot of essos really it only includes daenerys and then later when some of the other characters head over there whereas the books you have like the Blackfires, fires either there you know like the golden like the golden company a lot of these other characters and it's bigger and more drawn out and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely what did you think um about like
0: um illyrio like, I mean, because we, we sometimes, you know, I think after this, we're done with the read, I kind of like to think about, you know, we don't even get a connection here yet that he's you know, we don't get any mention that he's connected to Varys. Right. Yeah, but Yeah. But we, we will. And yeah. so if so,
1: again, we've said we're expecting that you've seen the show uh, when you come into this book club. So, yeah. So, you know. yeah. So like we've mentioned before, like Ez has read the books, I am much less heavy into these books. So this is kind of a reread. First read for me, mm-hmm. um, I've just known the wiki, and so I know kind of what happens and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm much heavier in the show, yeah. And Illyrio's in the show like twice, yeah, yeah. Whereas he's a big character in the books,
0: right? Yeah, he, he his role. I mean, he tries to convince Danny a couple more times, you know, to come back to Pentos, you know, and she won't go. Yeah, uh, she's actually
1: convinced by Jora to go to Slavers Bay mm-hmm. instead. So. Yeah, but I, I I think he's cool. Um, I'm I'm curious to find out his motivation outside of I mean I know that he's connected to Varys later on, but what is his motivation? What are his Yeah, things? because is he
0: just he just wants to see is is a Targaryen just good for business or, or what does he believe in? He's getting older. Right. You know, what is he trying to secure for himself? Right. You know, and I it's where I, you've seen hints of especially in the show where he he and Varys are talking about the for the good of the realm. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like what is their in game eventually like who are they what's their legacy going to be those guys don't really have a legacy or a house that they're leading right. and leaving behind so they're kind of wild cards in my opinion so that's why he's interesting you know it's just to sort of see what he wants here with these targaryens you know mm-hmm. so I mean, just leave them in peace or try to put them back as the rightful you know i don't know Interesting. So you guys let us know. Um, This is actually a segment where we normally go over, you know, send a raven. So if you have thoughts on Illyrio or this chapter, send them to us and we can kind of go over those. Um, We might. We did not get a chance to today, but we uh, probably will for next week read our our good buddy, um, uh, Sir Adam um, Lord, Adam Parkers. um, He gives this backstory
1: that was just sick. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. yeah, So sick. Well, we read a little bit of it last week, but he gave us like a... Detailed yeah, backstory. Detailed backstory. Yeah, so I love it,
0: and I love it. So, so Adam, we will try to read that. Um, the next time we'll get it pulled up here and kind of uh, go over that uh, for everybody because it's it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, send us um, you know uh, a raven. You can send that to uh, btkcast uh, at gmail.com. dot uh, com. We On also our ra- Facebook page. You have a Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we we got all that stuff so you guys can,
1: can find us. And all of those you can find us at at BTK Cast. Yeah, we'll probably be starting a Facebook group here soon. Um so yeah. you, so people can kind of share thoughts and opinions and just go nuts.
0: Yeah, just anything, whether it's theories or, or whatnot. We just did a theory um came out this past uh Thursday where we were talking about How would the Night King invade? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how would we defend against him? Also, how would he go on the offensive? And so, you know, we'd love to get your thoughts on what that would look like or how would we defend against the Night King? So Mm -hmm. uh, we have another one coming up, the Hellhorn. We're going to go over just sort of where that horn is, the horn that could control the dragons, what will it be used for, will it be destroyed, all that good stuff um, to kind of lead into that's at the end of um a dance of dragons so yeah. we're gonna have a little theory speculation fun there uh and go to town so if you have any of those ideas send us a raven um and now also man the wall if you want we have a really um a neat little patreon page where basically you can create a sigil you can create a house custom house it can be your last
1: name it can be <laughs> whatever you last want. name. yeah whatever you want really um, yeah we've made one um uh, you can check it out uh we've made- a couple for ourselves, and we've had a couple of patrons already, mm-hmm. um, and so you can check those out. They're pretty cool. And I work with uh, people. If you want to create your own, hey, that's cool. We'll we'll post it. If you want to, if you want me to create one, then I'll I'll yeah. do that for you too. Yeah
0: absolutely absolutely we're doing uh we have t-shirts there as well and um, every six months we do like a big sort of uh, giveaway for one for one of those tiers so um, we'll also be doing an hbo to book uh comparison so as we get into a couple episodes here we're actually getting close to that yep we're getting close yeah we're getting to close episode to be, one. episode one yeah yeah and so we, we'll do a, a book to hbo uh comparison and that'll be there as well we also do food reviews and theories there too so if you guys are looking for something extra um definitely check it out but it is time to say farewell thank you so much for for joining us today you know uh in this um book club and you know yeah. it's to me i i just want to mention that it's like uh I, I just love communities and so if you guys are you know are listening and you're in your reading and you have thoughts or we miss something don't be afraid to reach out to us because we do uh the, I don't know. There's just so much you could you could go every line. At mm-hmm. one point, Matt and I were kind of choking. We could, um, we, you could almost highlight every, you know, um, oh ice and fire reference exactly in the in the series. We kind of are you know? a little bit. We're, yeah, we kind we, of we kind, we kind of, of are. are. This but, week was water, and I was like, well, yeah, and fire was an yeah little a bit, yeah. So, I mean, you you can go that deep. So if you guys catch some of those things, we will read those in the recap. We
1: want to read those in the recap. so yep. let us know. So yeah, so anyway, as always, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. Uh, our next episode will we will be discussing Chapter Four Edard
0: awesome yes and uh, maluka has provided us with our beautiful outro music huge thank you to her we also have uh, some exciting news coming here in the month of april uh, that we'll be sharing uh, with you about her Uh, check out her youtube channel patreon page is maluka.com if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe uh, like us write a review or leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com
1: we will see you in a week and remember winter is coming